Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. Welcome. Welcome to Venture. Uh, If you're a first or second time guest, my name's Sean Olson. Hopefully I got to meet you on the way in. I get the incredible privilege of being the, the pastor here at Venture. I think this is like, I don't know, week 54, 55. You've come on a great Sunday. Come on, we're going to start a new series called, called Let Go. In life, uh, I am a, a very large, big dreamer. I frustrate the people that get around me. Uh, I'm like, hey, we should do this. And they look at me and they say, how? I say, I don't know. That's your job. Like, I don't know how we're going to do it. Like, hey, I know, let's go change the world. They go, how we do it? Let's just do it. I love, I love to dream. I sat in a room one time. Uh, we were leading a youth group. Uh, we wanted to do a big outreach. And I said, I know what every kid wants. And they go, what's that? I said, a car, duh. And they go, what do you mean? I said, let's give away a car. And the 10 people in the room, they looked at me and said, what? I said, let's just give away a car. I said, not just any car. It's got to be a car that all the teenagers want. Let's give away a Mustang GT. And Yeah, see, come on, somebody just, they just got saved right here. They said, I'm coming back next week if you're giving away. I don't give away cars anymore. Uh, I got a church, I got a church plant budget, y'all. I don't have that, right? Uh, so I said, let's give away. And they looked at me and their question was, how? I said, let's just jump. Let's dream. I've always loved to be around people that are dreamers. You ever been in the presence of someone and you walk away and go, wow, they're going to do something incredible. I tell people one of the the people as far as celebrity or or public figure deaths that bothered me the most in my life was Steve Jobs. He had an incredible brain and I loved the dreams in his brain. He wasn't a great guy, but he had had an incredible, an incredible brain. And I love to be around people that have an incredible dream and purpose. Now, here's the problem. That's not, you, that's not the occasional person. That's not the exception. I believe that God created all of us to have those dreams, all of us to have those purposes, all of us to have that kind of an impact. But what happens is over life, we start getting bogged down with things around us. We start getting bogged down with, with, with extra weight that we don't necessarily need to carry. So the whole series is this time to let go. Go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, let go. Go ahead, look at them. Say, it's time to let go. It's time to let go. Because here's what, here's what I believe. If we start letting go of the things that hold us back, we will be propelled towards our purpose. We'll be propelled towards our purpose. And my goal in, in, in starting a life-giving church, my goal or our dream in this, one of the biggest things we have is everyone has purpose. When you walk through the doors of this Elementary school turned into a church this morning, which our team does a fantastic job creating an environment for you. Go ahead and give it up for our environmental team. They slay it. Right? They show up early, like rubbing the sleep out their eyes, right? When you showed up and we looked in your eyes as a team, we didn't do it to entertain you. We did it because we believe you're created for purpose. Then what happens? Kids. Kids happen. (laughs) Right? Right? Mess on the floor happens. Ego waffles happen. Homework happens. Laundry happens. Wait. 
The weight of our daily lives happen, and all of a sudden, we, we wake up and we don't dream anymore. We don't pursue purpose anymore. We have these things that weigh us down, and we're like, well, if... One of my favorite questions to ask the people that sit around, I get to meet with our lead team individually one-on-one, and I, I like to say this, if I handed you a check for $10 million that you couldn't spend on yourself, you couldn't improve your life at all, what would you do to change the world? And I love to see all of a sudden the dreams that pour out, and then the follow-up is, let's go for it. But we don't have $10 million. Yeah, we don't have $10 million. That's okay. Let's change the world anyway. Let's go for it. But there's things that, that begin to, to weigh us down. So this whole series is let go. Let go. And the first thing I, I think that we got to let go of is, is distractions. We have to fight to focus. Uh, and there's, there's distractions everywhere. Uh, if, if you're much like me, I'm an incredibly ADD, hyperactive, passionate person. Distractions are all over the place. Uh, but we got to fight to focus. I love 1 Timothy 6, 12. It's one of my, my mo most favorite verses right now. It says, fight the good fight. Which means this, and I'm going I'm to do a whole thing with men later, but it means this. There are some bad fights that we fight. We're supposed to fight, but we're supposed to fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to eternal life for which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many, many witnesses. Fight the good fight. Hold tightly. We've got to fight to focus. There are many things in life that pull our focus away what's, what we're supposed to be focused on. Listen, the devil doesn't have to defeat you. He just has to distract you. He doesn't have to defeat you. He just has to distract you. That's it. If he can pull your attention away from your purpose, you will become what you feel is pointless. So he doesn't have to defeat you. He just has to distract you. In fact, the word distraction or the word distract is derived from Latin, and it means to, to separate or to pull apart. Now, I've been saying for a long time, and I believe this, spiritual attack is that of a divisive nature. Right? All spiritual attack comes down to division, so a distraction is an internal division. It's a division amongst myself. I can no longer focus on things. And we, we celebrate multitasking. The ladies in the house are like, oh, we can multitask. We can clean the house, do 37 loads of laundry, scroll Facebook, watch Netflix, and get everything done at once. Mm-hmm. The truth has been spoken, they say. But the reality is this. You're only good at one thing at a time. You can have 67 irons burning, but you're only giving your attention to one of them. And once you split the attention, you split your purpose in the moment. So we say we're multitasking and we glorify the idea of being overly productive because we're doing many things at once, but you haven't split your time. You've split your focus, thus splitting your purpose in the moment. See, we, we, we want to be productive, but are we distracted? So often the reason we're not excelling in our purpose like we want to isn't because it's not out there. It's because we let distractions weigh us down. And distractions halt progress. Look at, look at Mary and Martha for a moment in the, in the Bible. Uh, a little backstory: Jesus is coming to town. So they're going to have dinner. Now, I don't know about you, but if we were having somebody over that was 
that was important at my house when I was a kid, the more important they were, the more clean the house had to be. Like I could, so this, there's a, there, my mom had about four meals she made. I could tell how clean the house had to be by what she was making. Mom, what are we having for dinner? Hamburgers. Yes, I just have to do a little dusting and cleaning. We're going to be all right. I got to pick up the toys. What are we have? We have in brisket. Oh, that takes a long time to make. I'm going to die. Right? Like that was the... <laughs> Because when you were having somebody of value, you, you know, that, that was super, super important. Jesus has come into their house. There's a lot of purpose. There's a lot going on in the story. And it starts in Luke 10. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was what? Distracted. Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. It's the first instance of a tattletale. <laughs> I have a seven and a ten-year-old. I get tattletelling. I guess the first instance, Jesus, I'm doing all the work. Now, we all know that every family's got that one. The one. They don't bring nothing to the family dinner. They show up empty-handed. Yeah, when it's leftover time, they're stealing your Tupperware and taking it and running. Every family's got the one. And you're sitting there going, not nah, my family. Shh. You are the one. <laughs> like, for real. Like, my family doesn't have the one. You just don't know it, but you are the one. <laughs> right? So here, that's what's going on. Mary and Martha, Martha's over here doing all the work, and she's like, Mary. See, but what happened is Martha was distracted by her original purpose. Her original purpose was that Jesus was coming into the house, and the big preparations distracted her from the fact that Jesus was already in the house. See, when we're young, people ask us this question. What are you going to do when you get older? And like, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to go to space. I'm going to do this. And then when you get older, what do you do? I, I get up and I go to work and I make some money and I pay some bills and I come home and I put the trash out and I change the diapers and I put dinner on the table and then I'm exhausted. What happened to the dream? What happened to looking each other in the eyes over dinner going, what are we going to do to change the world? We got distracted. And you say, well, all those things have to be done. Yeah, I get hangry. My, my son gets hangry. If you don't put some food on the table, you're going to pay the price. I get it. Life has to be done, but we cannot let it weigh us down from purpose that is in front of us. Distractions are deadly. Distractions diminish our priorities. Notice this. Martha had a priority. Jesus was coming to town. That was the priority, and the distraction became the meal. And if we're not careful, what we allow is we allow the distractions of our life to deprioritize our life. Her priority became the dinner rather than the guest. Her priority became preparing rather than the person. So often we fall into the tyranny of the urgent. I got to deal with this right now. No, you don't. It'll be there in five minutes. It might be there in five days sometimes. But it pops up, and it seems like I've got to deal with it right now. And we allow distractions to reprioritize our life. Not too long ago, my, my 
son looks at me. I was tucking him in bed, and I, I do my very best to tuck my kids in bed every night. Uh, in fact, if I don't say the same thing every night, I get reprimanded. Uh, they won't go to sleep so much so if I'm out of town, I have to call them and say this. You would think it's super spiritual. It's not. It's don't let anything bite. You know, some, some like have the don't let the bed bugs bite. I've just escalated that. Don't let anything bite. Nothing. Bed bugs, mosquitoes, gnats, bed bugs. I like love bugs. Nothing. Just don't each other. Don't bite each other. Like don't let anything bite. If I don't say that, sleep does not happen. So much so I've been like out of the country and I have to video record myself saying this so they can play it back to each other. But a few nights ago, I'm doing the, the bedtime routine, and, and one of my sons looks up and goes, you have a lot of meetings. Hmm. And I realized in that moment, things were getting out of priority. Things are getting out of priority. You see, Satan doesn't have to defeat you. He has to distract you, and you will divide inside yourself what is important and what is not. We will begin to self-destruct because a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. A distraction is an internal division. It's division amongst your focus, amongst your life, right? So you'll begin to crumble all by yourself when you let distractions reprioritize your life, and they will. They will. That's what happens. They show up, and you begin to tend to them. So after some thoughts, like, I, I got to realize those two incredible, amazing, energetic life Giving boys only have one dad. They don't have one dad. Moms and dads, I got to tell you, your friends have a lot of friends. Tomorrow, if you quit your job, they would probably replace you. Your kids, they only have one mom and dad. They only have one mom and dad. So I made that decision, and, and, and I noticed that distractions, they begin to diminish our purpose, and I'm so passionate about purpose because I believe everyone has purpose. We talk a lot about purpose. There's no spectators in life. You didn't get the ticket to watch the game. You got the call to be in the game. But so often we trade our on-field spot for a seat in the stands and watch life go by. 1 Corinthians 7.35 says this, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever Whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Now, now the Apostle Paul who wrote this is referencing marriage in the Scripture. But I believe it applies to, to distractions today. Do whatever will help you glorify God best with as few distractions as possible. Whatever will excel you towards your purpose. Now notice... He's not talking about bad things. He's talking about good things. Oftentimes in life, it's not choosing bad or good. It's choosing good or great that makes the biggest difference. It's not, well, I should do this or I shouldn't do that. It's like, wait, I have two decent options in front of me. Which one will I give my attention to? And whatever you give attention to will grow. That's the nature of life. So let's just talk about a common good distraction. I bet you all have one of these. Oh, it got quiet now. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm going to be honest. This is, super, uh, this is super transparent. This is a really big deal to me. The other night, I, I was separated from this for a while, and I think I started to shake visibly. Like, I didn't know, I felt like I was cut off from the world. We've become so dependent on these that, that when we're not near them, we don't have them nearby, we feel cut off from the world. 
Now, let me tell you this. Statistically speaking, everyone in this room touches this every eight to ten minutes. Now, we wonder how we can accomplish our life's purpose because we can't do anything uninterrupted for more than eight to ten minutes because we tend to the distraction. We pick up, I'm shining lights in people's eyes. I just saw that. I apologize. I'll do it this way. We tend to the distraction. This thing dings and we're like, I just got the attendance report from church, seriously. Like, right? like, oh, wow, I should look at this right now. I'll be right back with you guys. And we tend, we tend to the distraction. In fact, we're so distracted now we get it on our wrist, too. If you have, if you have an Apple Watch, like, ooh, 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 wow, wow. Think, there's screens everywhere. <laughs> wow. I can be twice as distracted. Right? And then we, then we wake up, and the number one question we ask ourselves is, why am I here? What purpose does my life serve? As long as distractions rule your life, you'll never understand purpose. It will always be tyranny of the urgent, always putting out fires. But I don't believe, I don't believe that's why you woke up this morning was to tend to the distractions of your life. It was to make your life mean something. Let's talk about social media then. Right? So let's talk about it. The average person in this room spends two hours a day on social media. Two hours a day doing this. Wow, did you know they got a haircut? Now hold on, because I love young people. I love hanging out with millennials and students. That's why I went to motion with our students. Come on, students. You're all over the place today. I expected you right here. You just gave me a whole sidetrack, right? Right? Young people, millennial students, get this. Your two hours a day turns into seven years of your life. Seven years. Did you know I liked that? Seven years. And then we wake up and we go, wait, I don't feel like I have purpose. Because you spent seven years of your life scrolling Facebook and Instagram. Seven years. That's the age of my youngest son. Distractions diminish our purpose. My commitment as I've studied for this message, my wife goes, you're not going to have a problem preaching today. You've preached it to everyone you've come in contact with. Like if you got around me this week, I was talking about distractions because I'm so passionate. Here's my commitment. This isn't what I'm asking of you. This is what I'm saying of myself. My life is too valuable and my calling is too great to waste my life on things that aren't valuable. I'm going to say it again because you need to hear it because I believe it's true for you. My life is too valuable and my calling too great to waste my life on things that aren't valuable. I spent nine minutes yesterday on social media. Don't, I, I'm not saying that to her as applause, but seriously, you know what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to waste seven years of my life on things that make no difference in the world. And then wake up and go, but I want to do something great. Distractions diminish our purpose. It's time to let go. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's time to let go. If they're looking at their phone, tell them I've been talking about them for the last five minutes. <laughs> Someone looked over and says, what's he talking about? Did you see that I like so-and-so? <laughs> Distractions diminish our, our purpose. We've got to fight to focus. Distractions diminish our focus. Martha's distraction of preparation pulled her focus from Jesus. Her focus started out on honoring Jesus. The preparations pulled her focus from where it should have been. Proverbs 4.25 says, look straight ahead. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. 
Where your focus goes, your life goes. I got to tell you this, where your focus goes, your life goes. Uh, as I train athletes in the gym, I say, where your eyes go, your body goes. Keep your eyes up. And I'll tell them, keep your eyes up, because if your eyes aren't up, your shoulders are going down, they're going to round, your back's going to round, you're going to hurt yourself. Keep your eyes up. In the spiritual world, when we're, when we're dealing with life, where your focus goes, your life goes. So if your focus goes to social media, your life will go towards virtual friends. You will notice you have no intimate relationships in life. Where your focus goes, your life goes. So if my focus goes to the distractions, the distractions in my life will live and my purpose will seemingly suffer. I mean, look at, look at Peter. By far one of my favorite scriptures and stories in the whole Bible. He's going to walk on water. To this date, to my knowledge, it's never been repeated. Ever. He's a one-timer. Like, that's an awesome miracle. Jesus is out walking on water. Peter's like, hey, I want to do it. Jesus says, come on. So he steps out, Matthew 14, 29. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, when the distraction rose up, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. When he saw the wind, he was walking on water. He was destined to do something that no one else had ever done. You're destined to change the world, but you see the distractions and start sinking. You're destined to make a difference on the people around you. You're destined to leave an impact. He's walking on water. You're sitting there going, no, 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 not me. It couldn't be. I'm just, listen, he's Peter, and he's walking on water. And then all of a sudden, the distractions sink in. And the distractions diminish our focus on what was important. And one day, this is honestly what happens. We go from massive dreams. I want to change the world. I want to do this. I want to make a difference. I want to, I want to leave my impact on the world. And we wake up and go, I just want to make it through Monday. Just want to make it through Monday. Can I have 17 cups of coffee, please? Come on, somebody. Yes. Coffee's free out there. Get it. Like, right? Can I just, can I have a lot of coffee? Because survival is now the goal. Can I tell you? Please, I, this may be the first day I've ever met you. It's such an honor to get to know you. It's such an honor to have you here. I'm excited. Can I tell you, survival is not the goal of your life. Making a difference is. And distractions begin to diminish that. And when we tend to the distractions, they grow and they grow out of control. And we don't realize that we're doing anything productive in life. Distractions diminish our focus. When Peter saw the waves, the wind, it distracted his focus and his faith. When distractions grow out of control, it starts diminishing what we believe in our soul. It starts diminishing what we believe in our heart. It's not that Jesus' presence ever changed, both in the house with Mary and Martha. How about this? Martha's preparing for a meal. Jesus is in the house, and she's unaware because distractions diminish our faith. Peter is standing in front of Jesus on the water. I've got to know when I get up there. Was he like stepping over the waves? Was he jumping? Like, I, I'm a very visual person. I need to know this. Like, was he floating up and down? How you doing, Jesus? Good. Good to see you. It's kind of wavy out here. Like, how did that conversation go? Was it like, seriously, I mean, again, I'm visual. Was it like a seesaw? Jesus over here. Hey, so good to see you. It's a little rough out here. I mean, it was windy. Then when he looked at the water, it changed his faith in the Savior. 
I got to say it again. When he looked at the winds and the waves, it diminished his faith in the one in front of him. And sometimes we let what's happening around us diminish the faith of the one that is within us. And we get consumed by life. And we wake up and we go, I just want to make it. I just want to survive. If I could just make it through this week, everything will be good. But you're going to have another week. And here's the, here's the best thing about the, another week. It's another opportunity for you to change the world. So stop trying to survive your week and start setting your eyes on Christ who's called you and created you to change the world. Somebody, you got to get excited. You're called to change the world. Thank you. One, one person. Sympathy, sympathy. I appreciate the sympathy. I believe it with all of my soul. But distractions get so deep that they become devastating. Chris, you and the bank, come on up. They get, so, they get so deep that they become devastating. We wind up in a pit of what appears to be defeat. And I, again, I'm very visual. I can, see, I can see Peter as he's sinking, and he's sinking in these waves. What's he do? He realizes, I've got to reset my focus. Lord, help me. Distractions don't have to rule your life, and they don't have to dictate your purpose. We just have to reset our focus and say, Lord, help me. Help me see clearly. Help me reset my focus. Help me get out of this. And I believe with all of my heart, you will see more clearly, and you will absolutely make a difference in this world, in those around you, in your kids, in your spouse, in this community. 91% of this community doesn't know Jesus, and that's not okay with me. Just being honest, that's not okay. So I refuse to be distracted because my life is too valuable and my calling is too great to tend to things that aren't valuable. But you walked in this room this morning and the distraction game is strong. Maybe it is your phone. And you got those phantom vibrations, which is a real deal. You feel your phone vibrate, you realize it's not even in your pocket. That's called addiction, by the way. True story. Our bodies are mimicking, mimicking the, the feeling of this device so we will tend to it because our bodies go where we give attention. Oh, our bodies respond where we give attention. So whatever we give attention to lives. When we feed distractions, they will grow and they will live in your life and they will ultimately control your life and you will wake up go, why on earth am I here? You're here because God breathed life into your lungs and did so so you would change the world and leave a massive impact on it. But maybe you're like Peter today and you're drowning. You're drowning in life around you, man. It's tough. I'm right there. I'm as authentic as they get. I have two boys. They shot a bow and arrow in my house and like knocked the light off. It's hanging still from my, my light fixture because I haven't had time to fix it. Judge me later. They, they shot the bow and the same bow and arrow at my TV and there's a spot on my TV where they literally broke the screen. I get distractions. I get the same email how my kids are doing in school. My kids get sick. Maybe you're there in the pit. Life's overwhelming. One, thank you for choosing to be here. I know it was hard. Two, 
Let us help you. As a family, as home, reset your eyes on the only one that can pull you out of the pit and reset your purpose. If you do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes, not as a religious sign, but as a way to, to block out distractions. We've been talking about distractions all morning. It's very easy in big moments to be distracted. So in this moment, no one's looking around. I want to ask you, the only way we can set our eyes is to have a relationship with Jesus. The only way we can do this is to know the one that created us. If you're in this room and you don't know that, I'm not saying you don't come to church. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. Coming to church is an opportunity. A relationship is fulfilling your, your purpose. So if, if you're here saying, I know I don't have a relationship with God. I am struggling in life. I'm overwhelmed. I feel like I'm drowning. Let me help you reset your eyes on Him. If that's you in this room, you know you need a relationship with Jesus. I promise you, I will not embarrass you. No one's looking around. It's just me and you. All I'm going to ask you to do is raise your hand and look at me quickly. Thank you. Come on, thank you. Come on, raise your hand real high. Let me, let me see you. Just look at me. Say, man, I need that relationship. I need to know I have something. Raise your hand and look at me. No one else is looking around. I'm just going to pray with you. Anyone else? I'm going to ask all of my friends and those that raised their hands, would you do me a favor and just repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, today I ask you to reset my life, my focus, and my purpose. Today, I give you my life. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.